What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani of TSC News here to recap WWE Monday Night Raw, the eve of American Election Day 2016. There is a chance a WWE Hall of Famer could be in the office. And that's all the political commentary I'm going to have tonight. So if you're looking for that, please go elsewhere. I am just so fatigued by this election and the conspiracy theories and the hashtags and the memes my god and i was very disappointed because i wanted to early vote and i was hoping that hillary duff and the big red machine kane were on the ballot i mean i heard all this time hillary and kane are on the ballot hillary and kane and i had no idea that they meant hillary clinton and tim kane who looks like the grinch i thought this whole time i thought it was hillary duff Lizzie McGuire, and the devil's favorite politician, but it is what it is. There's always 2020. But anyway, I'm here to recap Raw. If you're wondering why this recap's up a little bit early, for those that are on YouTube, it's because this Raw was pre-taped in Glasgow, Scotland, and it was a hot crowd for the most part, but one that kind of died in certain parts, and who could blame them? Some of the stuff on the show was not all that good. Some of it was pretty great. Well, I don't know about great, but it was it was all right. There were a couple things that were great, but first off, let's go over the updated Survivor Series card. For those that don't know, Survivor Series takes place in a couple weeks, November 20th at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The first WWE pay-per-view in Toronto in over a decade. We have the finalized Raw team of Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, Roman Reigns, Braun the Strowman, and Seth Rollins. No surprise there. And Team SmackDown is WWE Champion AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, who I guess is technically a heel right now, Bray Wyatt, and Baron Baldwin Corbin. That is a five-on-five Survivor Series elimination match where the winning team has brand supremacy. Personally, I would have liked an additional stipulation here. I would have liked to have given an additional incentive for each team member, kind of like what they did years ago back at Survivor Series 2004, where it was Team Triple H against, I think, Team Orton. And whichever team won, each member got to be the special guest Raw GM Every week. So one week it was Maven Huffman. One week it was Randy Orton. The next week it was whoever the hell was on Randy Orton's team. But I thought it was a pretty cool stipulation and one that kind of played out over time. It made Raw interesting. I was hoping they'd add something like that to sweeten the pot here. But there is always next week. Because next week we are getting a state of the WWE debate with Stephanie McMahon. Mick Foley, who's gone off the rails on Twitter as of late, Daniel Bryan, and Shane McMahon. We also have Goldberg appearing right before Survivor Series to hype up, well, his Survivor Series encounter with Brock Lesnar. I would have preferred Goldberg to not be on TV since his awesome, epic comeback promo and segment, but he was on last week inexplicably on Halloween at the beginning of the show when people are still going to be out partying or taking their kids trick-or-treating. And for those that missed it, he jackhammered Rusev. Poor Rusev. He speared Paul Heyman. Not so poor Paul Heyman. And they played a video package tonight hyping this fight. I'm excited 
I'm a little nervous for Goldberg. It's going to be very, very tough for him to get in the ring, be in shape, and not blow up against Brock Lesnar in the main event match. But you better believe that he's going to be working on his match privately with Brock and others. Hopefully he's working out with some other wrestlers. Maybe Curtis Axel, who once helped The Rock get ready for his comeback match a few years ago. We will see, but we got a couple weeks to preview Survivor Series. I don't want to get too in-depth into it. We'll make our predictions eventually. We'll be having wall-to-wall Survivor Series coverage, but let's roll on with the rest of this recap. Team Raw for the women's side was confirmed. Charlotte Flair, Bayley, Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, and Alicia Fox. And Dana Brooke is the odd woman out, although she is accompanying them, even though she is a horrible wrestler that does not belong in the main roster right now. Seems like a nice girl, but my God, she is not very good. And they are taking on Team SmackDown, which includes Nikki Bella, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Naomi with Natalia accompanying them. And it's going to be interesting because Becky Lynch is defending her SmackDown Women's title against Alexa Bliss in Glasgow on SmackDown Live. Although I think SmackDown is actually going to be SmackDown taped. But hey, whatever. It's the name. It's going to be live somewhere. So that'll be interesting. I think Becky Lynch is going to retain, but you never know. Even though Becky Lynch isn't from Scotland, she's from Ireland. She is from Europe. And WWE does like to have their wrestlers, for whatever strange reason, unless it's John Cena or The Rock, lose in their hometown or home area, home country, home continent, whatever. Uh, They did the same tonight with Noam Dar, who made his Raw debut, got a great ovation, and then he just lost. Sasha Banks, main event, hell in a cell, history made in Boston or hometown. Lost. Yeah. How'd that work out for him? We're going to have the crazy Team Raw versus Team SmackDown 10 on 10 Survivor Series Tag Team Elimination Match. Good God Almighty. Get a load of this. The New Day is teaming up with Cesaro and Sheamus, Gallows and Anderson, Enzo and Big Cass, and the Shining Stars to take on Heath Slater and Rhino, the High Bros, American Alpha, and the Usos. And apparently there's a room for one more team on the SmackDown side. Maybe it's the Headbangers, who are former guests of TSC, who I like very much. Maybe it's another team that I can't think off the top of my head because the SmackDown tag division is so thin. But yeah, going to be very interesting. Who knows? Maybe the Dudleys will make a one special appearance since Devon Dudley's an agent and Bubba Ray Dudley right now is a free agent. So we'll see. But man, this this whole thing with the, the formation of these teams on Raw was set up by a long, long drawn out promo segment with the Golden Truth, with Enzo and Big Cass, with, with all these guys, with Sheamus and Cesaro bickering back and forth, Gallows and Anderson bickering back and forth, and then the New Day came out to try to save the show. Full Braveheart gear, for anybody that doesn't know Braveheart, it's the legendary movie that starred Mel Gibson in the mid-90s before he was a flaming racist and a drunk and an alleged life beater, and they came out, did this big speech, it was pretty good, instead of Francesca 2, they had bagpipes and Big E did the Mel Gibson speech, and there were Scotland chants, and it was great. But then it just kept going 
and going and going and going to the point where I just had to change the channel to that Lisa Vanderpump show on E, which also was showing on Bravo because I changed it to Bravo too to see what was going on on Bravo. So yeah, I, I watched a little bit of that Vanderpump show. It was okay. I would I would say it was maybe slightly more entertaining than watching the New Day versus Gallows and Anderson again. Who oh by the way beat the New Day because this feud will never ever end. Now, I would love to see Gallows and Anderson win the tag team titles, finally. I think they should have. It's just ridiculous, though. They got this thing in their head. We got to continue Charlotte's pay-per-view win streak, even though it makes no business sense. We got to continue the New Day's tag title streak, even though in reality, you should have more than one tag team that's dominant that's getting wins. Is it really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things for a New Day to break the record? I mean, it's, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It is cool. Okay. But are they going to sell any less t-shirts if they lose to Gallows and Anderson and regain the tag titles? I mean, I guess they've gone this far. They're only about a month or so away before they break Demolition's record. But my God, the damage has been done to the club. Ugh. Ugh, man. Who did Gallows and Anderson piss off? Maybe Vince McMahon listened to one of the, the Talk is Jericho episodes when they did Talk and Shop and they're all drunk. I don't know. Maybe it was like, God damn, drinking on the job. I'm going to job him. Probably not, but it'd be cool to think that Vince McMahon said that. Of course, at Survivor Series, we also have Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. And we now have Dolph Ziggler defending his Intercontinental title against Sami Zayn, who defeated Rusev to earn a shot at the IC title. You might be wondering, why is Sami Zayn getting a shot at the IC title when the IC title is a SmackDown title and Sami's a raw guy? Well, Dolph Ziggler extended an open invite an open challenge to any Raw wrestler. The only problem with this is not the fact that Sami won or that poor Rusev jobbed again. At least he jobbed to a wrestler like Sami Zayn, who's awesome. It's the fact that the hook of Dolph Ziggler's open challenge is now gone. Which Raw wrestler is going to answer the challenge? I think it would have been cool if you left it up there in the air for people to figure out, people to speculate. Build up buzz. Yes, there's going to be plenty of buzz for the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match, but you want a little bit of buzz on the undercard, too, and I thought it would have been nice to see who answers the challenge. Maybe it could have been Miz defecting to Raw. Maybe it could have been Sami Zayn. Maybe it could have been... <laughs> Actually, now thinking about it, there really aren't many people that are that interesting on Raw that could have answered the challenge, so I guess it does make sense that Sami Zayn won. So, hey, good for him. But anyway, we had, as far as results go... Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Alicia Fox defeated Dana, Charlotte, and Nia Jax when Bailey pinned Charlotte. Woohoo! And Bailey got a great ovation, by the way. The crowd was singing, Hey, Bailey, I want to know if you'll be my girl. It was awesome. They just hijacked the segment. It was great. If you look online on, on Twitter, they have the, the raw video. It's, it's, it's pretty badass, man. It was, it was, it was awesome. Hopefully... That'll convince Vince McMahon and company to continue to push Bailey because she is a great talent. I think she needs to work a little bit on her promos on the main roster as far as her cadence goes and shifting from happy to sad. You know, I feel like her tempo is a little too uh, you know, much of the same when she's going through a range of motions. But, I mean, she's, she's a great act. She's an awesome wrestler. She's such a likable person. And I really, really hope that she continues to succeed on the main roster because if they do right by her, 
she could be the female John Cena. Maybe not as big of a star, but she does have that potential, in my humble opinion. We had the Shining Stars defeat the Golden Truth. Ugh. Like I said before, the club beat the New Day in a non-title match. We had Rich Swan and Sin Cara, who had gotten into a fight with Chris Jericho on a bus. According to F4WOnline.com, Sin Cara was making noises in the back of the bus. Everybody was telling him to stop. Jericho got heated about it. And Sin Cara snapped, a.k.a. Unico snapped, and punched Jericho in the face. <gasps> now, Jericho... Actually, I don't know if F4W reported that Jericho got punched in the face. I think it was MLW that reported that he got punched in the face. But F4W reported that at least there was an altercation. And Jericho ended up biting Sin Cara's finger. That's hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, apparently Sin Cara was kicked off the bus. But he was on Raw tonight, so... And, and he got the win! So maybe he's not getting buried. Maybe both guys are at fault. Who the hell knows? I mean, this isn't the first fight Jericho's been in. He obviously got into that confrontation with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. This isn't the first fight that Sin Cara's been in. He KO'd Simon Gotch. Well, I don't know if KO'd is the right word, but he, he hurt Simon Gotch in an altercation that was said to be Simon Gotch's fault. And I believe he fought Sheamus and stood up to Sheamus as well, if, if I'm not mistaken. So Unico, a.k.a. Sin Cara, the low-key toughest man in the locker room not named Brock Lesnar. Get this guy an MMA contract. I want to see him fight in Bellator. Have him fight Kimbo Slice's son, man. He's, he, I guess he's a badass. Unfortunately, his, his gimmick in the ring does not reflect that. But he and Rich Swan inexplicably, inexplicably defeated Cruiserweight champion Brian Kendrick and the debuting Noam Dar in his home country, who got a phenomenal ovation. Why? Because that's what they do. Uh, and as I mentioned before, Seth Rollins named on Team Raw. And oh, how could I forget the main event, or should I say the lame event? We had a five-on-five five match. Yes, a five... Well, actually, it's a five-way. I shouldn't say it's a five-on-five it's a five match. The Survivor Series match is a five-on-five five match. This was a five-way featuring five of the participants in the five-on-five five match of Survivor Series. Get it? Yeah, I... I got lost there, too. But anyway, the five competitors on the Raw team battled it out, and it ended up with Kevin Owens inadvertently pinning Chris Jericho to get the win further, building dissension between Jericho, which presumably should lead to Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho at Roadblock. But no. But no, because you see... And I don't know if it's officially confirmed yet. I saw this thing floating around. Yeah, I, th I think it's, it was confirmed in, in certain advertisements. And it looks like it, it may happen here. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. Yep. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. Now look, roadblocks a month away. That could change. It's a worthy pay-per-view main event, but... I really like what they're doing with Jericho and Kevin Owens here. I really would like to see a, a blow-off match between these two guys, or even a match between these two guys, and I think it should be on pay-per-view. They could always change it up. I, I really would like to see that. Maybe, just maybe, they have a deal where Jericho costs Kevin Owens the title, and 
Ugh, makes Roman Reigns champion again. And then you do a scenario at the Royal Rumble where Kevin Owens eliminates Jericho. And then you build up to WrestleMania with Jericho versus Kevin Owens. The thing is, they're already teasing dissension in November. And I don't really have a lot of faith that they'd be able to keep these guys apart until March. Now, if Jericho and Kevin Owens have a hand in the creative direction and Jericho's going to hang around for a little while, I think it's doable. And if they have maybe Kevin Owens take out Jericho and have Jericho turn babyface, since he's already practically a babyface anyway with the list and everything else and getting all these big pops, you could save it for WrestleMania. Are they going to be that patient? I don't know. I'd like to see them be a little patient. I think it's a big matchup they could do. And look, you want WrestleMania to be the card where there's all these big moments, these big blow-off matches. I think Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho is one of them. Um, I think uh, Triple H and Seth Rollins is is certainly one of them. Although, honestly, I might want to pull the trigger on Seth Rollins and and Triple H for Royal Rumble, quite frankly. I I really would. Only because of the fact that I just feel like, as much as I like, as I like Triple H, and as great as he is in the ring, he's he's a legend and all that jazz. I'm just so sick of seeing him kind of drown out all the other storylines on Raw. I mean, him not being there is still overshadowing Kevin Owens and his title win and his title run. And I, I just I'd like to see him get this whole thing out of the way. I I, re- I really would, and, and you know, do something else. Now, what do you do with Triple H for WrestleMania? Assuming he's going to appear at WrestleMania. Well, I think, depending on what happens with Ronda Rousey, take him out of the match. Give that spot to another guy and and have Triple H maybe accompany Stephanie McMahon and do the Stephanie McMahon-Ronda Rousey deal. Or do something that involves Ronda Rousey. Maybe a multi-woman tag. I don't really know. But you know what? If you do need big matches for WrestleMania, which you obviously do, I I guess Triple H and Seth Rollins makes sense. But, man, it's this whole cloud of, of the McMahons and everything. I know Triple H isn't... A, a McMahon McMahon, but still, you know, he's part of the McMahon clan, and I feel like it's just been so clouded with authority figures for so long. Like, I just want to move on from it. I don't think we're going to move on anytime soon, but I mean, we're going on 17, 18 years of authority figures dominating storylines. We're going on, what, three, four years now of the authority as far as Triple H and Stephanie McMahon dominating. Ugh. I'm just tired of it. I, I really am. They're great performers, but I'm frankly tired of it. So overall, not a bad Raw. Uh, a little dead in, in certain parts. I mean, the the tag team thing went on forever. I, I have zero interest in the club versus the New Day again. I have zero interest in Cesaro and Sheamus as a team. I mean, those guys are getting over and everything because they're great performers, especially Cesaro. But I really would love to see Cesaro in a better spot. And again, Noam Dar... Beating him in his debut, come on now. I mean, it's not the end of the world for this kid. And I'm not even, like, the biggest fan of his. I think he's a little overrated. But he's a really likable guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's got a great look. He's solid in the ring. Uh, a lot of people really like him, not just fan-wise, but backstage. You know, Finn Bauer's a big advocate of his and a longtime friend of his. And I just think they, they should have given him the win there. But, again, not the end of the world. Now, as far as the cruiserweights go, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last time out. There's a new show debuting soon, 205 Live on the WWE Network. Now, this show is going to feature exclusively cruiserweights and is going to take place 10 p.m. immediately following SmackDown Live. I repeat, 
live on the WWE Network. Yeah, why is it live? For those wondering why it's called 205 Live, 205 is the weight limit for the, these cruiserweights, which is the light heavyweight in uh, WWE, or I'm mean, sorry, in UFC. And uh, yeah, I guess they want more content. I guess they want to give these cruiserweights a spotlight. So they're not only giving them the raw spotlight, which is them just being thrown out there with no backstory whatsoever outside of the, the stupid storyline of TJ Perkins being the dumbest babyface ever and saying, oh my God, Brian Kendrick, are you okay? Oh no, I'm not okay. Slap. Choke wins title. Ugh. But now they decided to give him more time on the network. Why not put the show on Wednesday? Make it a two-hour block with NXT since hardcore fans were accustomed to watching NXT and the Cruiserweight Classic. But now you're asking a lot for fans to watch three hours of a pay-per-view, then three hours of a Raw, and then... Three hours of SmackDown programming. And let's just say they want to watch Talking Smack. That's four hours on Tuesday plus NXT on Wednesday. And two pay-per-views a month. Now, some people may say, well, Fred, it's a lot of content. We don't have to watch everything. That's great. We like options. Options are good. But when you're the UFC and you're making a crap ton of money on not only TV rights but on live events and on especially pay-per-views, which is essentially dead for WWE, you can afford to have fans pick and choose your shows. When you're WWE and your ratings are declining and at times your live attendance is declining and your roster is watered down and you have so many damn titles and not enough people that are over to hold them, I don't think it's a good idea to have another show. On top of that, on top of that, if you're going to do a Cruiserweight show, what do you want to tape it before SmackDown when the crowd is hot as opposed to after SmackDown when the crowd is dead, let alone perhaps empty? Now, Moro Ronaldo, Corey Graves are going to be on commentary. That'll be good. I would imagine the wrestling will be Pretty good, but it depends on who is producing it. If it's Triple H, hell yeah. I think it'll be a great show, even with the crowd being potentially dead slash empty. Because Triple H did a phenomenal job with the Cruiserweight Classic. I wish the Cruiserweights were presented better on Raw, but it is what it is it's Vince McMahon's world and we are just living in it so hopefully on the 205 live side of things Triple H is the one that is the executive producer and for those wondering when this will premiere it will premiere on November 29th so few weeks from now interesting interesting and again for those wondering since you may have already forgotten since the Cruiserweight division has been so horribly utilized in WWE lately. Uh, Brian Kendrick is the cruiserweight champion. So overall, a lot going on in wrestling. I'm going to get on out of here. But folks, I will be back later this week for the SmackDown recap. I will also be covering the history of Survivor Series. The good, the bad, and the ugly with my boy Scott Anderson going over some of the most memorable moments, some of the greatest moments, and some of the worst moments, including 
Randy Orton versus The Big Show headlining a pay-per-view. Ugh, a Survivor Series pay-per-view. That wasn't pretty. But, folks, I want to hear from you. What do you think about the state of WWE? What do you think about Monday Night Raw? Let me know. Leave a comment below. Tweet us. Facebook us. Do what you got to do. If you enjoyed this video, please click the like button. Please share this with all your friends. Please subscribe to the podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And for any WWE 2K17 fans, feel free to check out our 2K17 videos on our YouTube channel. Our other one, youtube.com slash Gaming. I'll have a special look at the brand new, technically brand new, Goldberg DLC pack that is dropping on Tuesday. It was available for any pre-ordering gamers on 2K17. A month later, it's now available for everybody to purchase for $4.99. Until next time, everybody, take care. Please like and share. Don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, everybody, as always... Enjoy the matches.